Another pre-season week has passed. More minutes are in the legs. We're yet to see a signing, but excitement is building as the season edges closer. Me and Coxie will discuss Salford, Burton, impressive performances, the transfer activity or a lack of it, and answer all your questions on the latest Baggies broadcast. The countdown to the campaign is well underway here on the Baggies broadcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Drury. And after our road trip last week, we are back in front of the comfort of our computer screens. And as always, I'm delighted to be joined by one half, well, the other half of the Baggies broadcast double act, Mr. Lewis Cox. Coxie, you well? Johnny, pleasure to see you as ever, mate. I'm okay. I'm okay. Little weekend off, wasn't it? Left you alone to to, to run the ship, um, to man the decks at Burton. And you uh, you did a stellar job, mate. Well, I, I did switch off. I was at um, I was at half an hour being themed wedding actually, so that was nice. that was quite nice. Cool. In fact, I'll show you the pictures. Actually, I didn't want to splash them all over socials because I thought I was a bit rude. But there was a wedding between an Albion fan and a Fulham fan. Very niche, right? Two uh, two friends of mine. Um, yeah, there can't be many couples who are Albion and Fulham, can they? And they're uh, they're you know they both go home and away and stuff. But they're tables for the table plan. So there was what like a dozen tables or so. They were named after players and managers in the case of Roy Hodgson, who have played for both played for both Albion and Fulham. I was oh, on Jonathan Greening's table. Oh, um, nice. Zolgear table? Yes, I was reasonably pleased to miss the Nathaniel Chalaber table. Chris Baird table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. You can was carry there a on. Chris Baird table, was it? Oh, oh Christ. Christ. It was more that's niche a, than Chris Baird. Don't worry that's about it. That's an uninspiring table. I'm trying to think Actually, of some more. We should throw it out to the listeners, maybe. Rather than um, yeah. rather than rather than try and get it, I've got the picture here, so I've got the full list in front of me. I've already given you Hodgson, Chalaber, Greening, but let me see how many more there were. You've done Gira. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We haven't mentioned, um, and I'm telling you now, mate. I'll be impressed if you were to chuck get a, a few niche of ones out. Come on, chuck a few niche ones at us. Right. So one that. I wouldn't have got in a month of Sundays. And maybe because it's a touch older. But Paul Pesky Salido. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't aware of his sort of full. I'm not sure how long he was at Fulham. But, yeah. Uh, a more modern one, Stefan Johansson. Jeff Horsfield. Stefan Johansson. Um, Horsfield is one. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Here's a clue for you. We're forgetting another. Um, well, we're forgetting another historical legendary figure of the game. Oh, that's difficult. Yeah, it's but it's 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 going you know it's going back. We'll it's have listeners back, screaming at us here, Johnny. Go, on. Both, uh, Go on, Bobby, um, Bobby Robson, of course. Um, of course, yeah, he started that. Yeah. And the what? The, there's a couple we haven't mentioned from the sort of early mid to late noughties. Uh, one great escape hero. One great escape hero. Not Horsfield, obviously. We've mentioned him. Interested, right? Fans don't want to hear me sort of mulling over this, so I'll have a think while the episode goes on. Oh, left back scored loads of goals. Left back scored loads of goals. Oh, he was a he was the lone hero, Johnny. Come on, lone hero, yeah. Oh, god, fans be screaming at this. I think, and I'll uh, we'll 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 box off the end of the episode with these because Albion fans don't want to hear about. They don't want to hear dead air of me trying to think of uh, questions. Yeah, but that's fair good, But yeah, good, that's, that's, where, that's where I was on Saturday. And it was, um, you know, I, w- I was pleased with the Jonathan Greening table. I, it, you know, I think I could have been work, could have been better, but could have been a hell of a lot worse. So, uh, yeah, we like Greening, don't we? But yeah, yeah hope good, you enjoyed good, the game, John. Good quiz section, Coxie. TJ Smithy, if you're listening, you're sacked. Yeah, Coxie's, <laughs> Coxie's come back from a wedding with, with, with Sign some, me up, some Smith, questions right? that we can answer. Uh, but no, seriously, TJ Smith, you're not sacked. You'll be back in uh, well, when, whenever we can get a quiz in. Right, we're going to talk. Well, we've got a lot of things to talk about, really. Um, we're going to spend a large part of the podcast answering your questions because we had quite a lot this week. We couldn't get them all in last week. Well, we didn't have any last week, but we couldn't get any on, on the first episode. Um, we're just going to skim over Burton, um, talk about a few, a few key points. I'm going to put Coxie under the pump. With a few questions, get a few transfer updates. Fans may have seen a little bit of movement in some transfer rumours, but you can tell how quiet it is. Here at the Express and Star, we have like a transfer rumours column. They're not sourced from ourselves, but we sort of scour around the various publications and put together um, like a blog every day. 
And this year, I think we've had about two Albion pieces in there in about 30 days. Living the dream. Usually get two a day in a normal summer. We did last summer, anyway. Um, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it slim, was about, it, slim pickings. It was about this time last year, just gone past a year actually, that I took on this, um, took on the role really, day to day. And, um, you know, business, Swift Wallace obviously was done well early, wasn't it? Okai had been done by that point. Obviously, Malumbi had, had been done early. And there, there was nothing else, was I, thinking about it? Thomas Asante went right until deadline day, I believe, from memory, or the day before. And then, and then it was it Kelly on deadline day, was it? And then, and then freeze after that. So I'd, you know, I had to suffer a little bit of a barren period last July and August. But uh, wow, this summer's been quite something, hasn't it? And we'll get into it, Johnny. But we uh, we've also got we've been looking at the stats this morning, haven't we? Across the ninety two, across the EFL, and across the whole ninety two in terms of yeah. signings. And it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit depressing to say the least. But there we are. Doesn't make for good reading, Antoine. Doesn't make for good reading. Right. Um, we bought you the podcast. On the day of the Salford game last week, so we're just going to, and we bought you a video after that game, so we're not going to talk massively on it, or Burton really, um, but just a few key points that have maybe come out of the last two games um, and sort of headaches, maybe decisions for, for Carlos Corbran to make, you know, we're less than two weeks out now from, from Ewood Park, um, from that trip to Blackburn. Um, so, Coxie, I'm going to sort of pick a couple of positions. Um, well, I'm going to pick every position, actually, apart from goalkeepers. Goalkeepers <laughs> are pretty, pretty secure. Um and just sort of quiz you, really. I did a piece after the game at Burton. I actually did it from a really nice service station off the M54 um, near Wolverhampton um, when I was writing it. But I spoke about defense. You know, d- defensively, there was a couple of different partnerships on on Saturday. We had Taylor Kipper and then we had Bartley Ajay. One, I'm going to ask you who you'd start with at Blackburn. Um, and two, I'm going to ask you, do you think Carlos is decided or undecided from what he's seen Ooh. so far? Um, okay. I, yeah, I think I, my thought, my gut feeling is that the starting two centre-halves at Blackburn, and caveat, this is this is not necessarily what I do, but I think it's going to be Bartley and Ajay. And that's not based on too much, just what I sort of, you know, just... How sort of I suppose last season played out, and yeah, that's that's just the impression I'm getting. Um, I can see method and merits of going with those two. I would say I think I've been impressed with Taylor this preseason. I think he's done okay, um, but I think it's a big call, a big shout if you're going with two and and he's one of them straight into life in the championship. I'd I'd be a little bit surprised. I wouldn't be totally against it, you know, if you if you. If you're good enough, you're old enough, aren't you? And and all of that, get him, get him blooded in, and 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 then obviously we've got we've got Kipper, haven't we? And he's done again. He's done okay in pre-season. I just, I'm just not sure I've got him in the Moat category of coming back from the loan and being really fancied as a as a sort of regular starter. So I, I think um, I think Bartley and Ajay, but so it's not not with too much sort of hard evidence behind it. That's that's sort of how I see it. And I think that's what the head coach will go with. And I'd imagine, yes, that he's... I'd have thought he'd have made up his mind, Johnny. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, he's got two friendlies, two friendlies left and just under a fortnight to Blackburn, is it? So um, things can change, of course, in, in training, in those friendlies. But I think if everyone, as we hope and expect, is sort of fit and available, I, I would go with with Bartley and Shemi. I think, I think on Bartley's front, I think... He, I think it's tough to ignore what he brings in the opposition box, to be honest. He he, he can be dominant in both areas. I think it's, it's not easy to come by. I think it's, it's useful get him in, score you a goal, win you a game. Um, obviously, he has to be switched on in other parts of his game. And Ajay, yeah, had, you know, had a couple of moments in the friendlies I've seen, but I, I think he'll get the nod. Yeah, no, it'll be certainly interesting to see, you know, what which do you reckon? Way, oh, which two would you go with yourself? It's difficult. I'm not convinced by Jai. I haven't been convinced by Jai since no. he came back from his injury at Wigan. I don't think he's been the same player. He looks, That's a fair point. He looks yeah. fragile. He looks. He looks. I, I don't want to question mentality or the, the mental side of it because we, no one really knows that. But I would probably go. It's difficult. If it was, if you could give me Bartley pre World Cup, I would take Bartley pre. Just from them three games that where he scored two goals. I think he scored two goals or scored one goal. Two or two goals was yeah. um, against QPR and Stoke. I would probably go Bartley just because I think that he's got that in him still. 
Um, he's also got the other side, the Birmingham side in him. Um, I think you hope he's just, you know, on, on a full preseason, yeah. come back. You just got to yeah. accept that he's a. Uh, I would, I would. This is probably talking heart over head. You know, I want to see youngsters blooded. I would probably go with Taylor yeah. as well. I think, I think physically, I think he's ready for the championship. I think physically he's ready. He's a big, strong guy. He's played in League One. The physicality between League One and League Two, let's be honest, is not. Uh, sorry, between the championship and League One is probably. Yeah. You've probably got more ball players in the championship than you have in League One. Um, mm-hmm. You're probably dealing with more old school, you know, big hairy centre forwards in the in League One. So he's he's been used to that. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be. Um, I think you're probably right in in what it's going to be. But I would say it was going to be that. I just want to talk about it a little bit further forward, Lewis. Um, talk about well we'll we'll go in we'll go in position order so we'll talk about Alex Mowat now we've we've spoken about how well he's done um in the preseason friendlies one thing I point I, I I've pointed out he, he looks a lot fitter than he did in the season under Valerian Ishmael of course towards the back end of that season Ishmael Bruce he he was injured and then mm-hmm. quickly sent out to Middlesbrough um last summer do you think he's got a credible um case to knock on the Malumbi Kushley door in the middle of the park? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, interesting timing, having, uh, you know, subscribers will have will have read a, a couple of my thoughts on this this morning, wouldn't they, in our, in our newsletter comment. But um, I think, uh, look, if it's a 4-2-3-1, as was almost mostly, you know, entirely under Carlos last season, I, I don't see, necess- I, I don't really see him starting over those two. You come the opening day, I don't, I think you push Lou and Malumbi deserved and merited their place in the side you know good pairing offer a lot between them um i think it's a big ask to come in and, and break that up however on the flip side we you know we're hearing a lot of noises and seeing a lot of things and hearing from you know the head coach and, and Mao himself it it all points to a player who's fancied rated and going to be involved this season which you know as we said ourselves you know a few weeks back a couple months back we wouldn't necessarily have expected that would we had a loan sort of in and out the side i think you know could be a player who could be an asset in terms of getting a bit of money for or getting off the wage bill um but no he he's clearly got a side to his game as a central midfielder that's slightly you know, well very different to a jason malombi really let's be honest totally different players and and pretty different to a yukushlu um and from you know i hadn't seen mo at Fraubian too much before this preseason, and i've i've I think you, you you've said the same as well, Johnny. I think with what we've seen with our eyes, he's been one of the better performers in these friendlies. Um, seems sort of lean and fit, but on the ball, just progressive. You know, uses it uses it well, gets it forward when he can, and and that's what perhaps not that it's lacking at all. You know, it's not Malumbi's game, and Okai, he's got a passing range, but again, slightly different player, you would say. Um, so then comes the question: You, you know, who do you, do you leave one of them out if Moet's going to play, or is there a world where a four-three-three to fit all three of the midfielders comes in? As I mentioned in the, the newsletter this morning, I, I would say arguably so, really. Um, and yes, that brings question marks about John Swift, who would operate in the ten in the four-two-three-one. Well, we saw him at times move slightly left, didn't we? Um, sort of inverted um, winger, not not an out-and-out touchline-hugging winger but sort of coming in from the left flank and I feel like I could see that world you know if if Carlos wants to play all three midfielders offer something different in certain times of certain styles of games certain times of games then I think you could do that you could sacrifice a, a Phillips on the wing more so than a Wallace probably and and or sacrifice a Swift and and just shuffle it around and shuffle Swift further out if you have to just to get the three in midfield and you know that's without discussing we haven't mentioned Taylor Gardner Hickman have we um, well, I'm going to come on to that, Coxie. Don't you go 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 too well, soon? Well, no, I mean it's 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 relevant. You know, it's in the midfield debate. He's there, isn't he? He's had a good yeah. preseason. Um, you know, we heard from him in today's uh, ENS and paper and online, didn't we? Talking about you know bringing things to to his game that he hasn't had previously, and look from it's, what we. I mean, it's another one who's got a credible case for the ten. You know, like we sit, he played in the ten again on in the first half on Saturday. Um, I think so, mate. Played yeah. in the ten at Salford and obviously scored two goals. Is it? You know, we've seen him. You know, Steve Bruce said he was a right back, which he certainly wasn't, um, or certainly wasn't his strongest position. We've seen him in front of the back four, where 
you know, he's tenacious, he, he fires his tackles, but it, the last season he did have the odd mistake in him. But when we've seen him that more, in that more advanced role, Blackpool away, where he scored a really important goal, um, you know, Reading, where he's bursting through midfield and scoring from range, is that that licence almost seems to free him up a little bit. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I, I agree with all everything you said there. And I think it's his ability from outside the box or the edge of the box that we saw at Salford and uh, the fans will have seen that travelled up there. And and the passing range to find those little creative through through balls, little jinking passes that number tens find. It wouldn't surprise me. And again, it'll be an interesting one to put to the head coach actually when we get the chance. Whether he sees that position as a yeah, it's it's good that Gon Aikman's versatile. It's good he can play in the midfield roles. We know that. But I think I I could see a world where he's ten becomes his strongest suit because I, I think his strike is that much of a weapon. If he was a regular there, I, you know, I think he's getting at least a handful of goals for the season. Yeah, should be looking at more. Should be looking at five to ten. Um, with the ability he's got, and I feel like a broken record talking about TGH's ability, to be honest. But perhaps playing him that advanced, as you suggested, could help unlock that. And to be honest, yeah, the, the Reading goal uh, last season, his first senior goal that was, wasn't it? And, you know, there was echoes of that against Salford last week. And he's got that energy, hasn't he, as well, in him. And and that's that's a press. That's that's going to look. We know how many sides in the championship will like to play it out uh, at the back, out of defence from the keeper. Gardner Hickman would really trouble that. So that's it's an interesting point, Johnny. And I, I would like to see it. To be honest, I think he could really deliver for Albion in that role. I don't think for a second he'll start in front of Swift or anything like that. But it's one to for the manager to to chew over, isn't it? And as far as we understand, and will. Uh, sort of enlighten and uh, expand on this later that I, I do think Albion are in the market for a, for a player of that role, you know, that attacking midfielder, that, that swift role to be it provide competition or backup. That's, that's what we understand. So look, perhaps TGH becomes, becomes the viable option there, as you say, Johnny, I, I think unfortunately for him, and it, it is a shame. I, I do see Moat and the other two, Malumbi and Yukushlu, at the forefront of that pecking order for the midfield slots. And and that's not to say I don't think TGH could do a, a good job there because I think he can. And I've said before, I hope he gets the chance, but that's just how I see the pecking order at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. We'll go further forward before we uh, talk on, on other matters. The forward department. Lewis, I made a reference to it on, on social media this morning. If Albin had to make a signing before the window, before sorry, before Blackburn, well, certainly hope they make a sign before the end of the window. Um, surely it's got surely it's got to be a striker. I did, we 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 had a good chat with Brandon Thomas Santo the other day, and he talked about the pressures of you know being a senior fit striker at the football club. Um, you know that that starting spot is his at the moment. Um, but surely they've got to take the weight off the shoulders, and they need Albion need another striker through the door. Desperately. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone's in doubt of that. Yeah, including the club and the decision makers at the club um yeah it's clear clear as mud um we don't the, the noises from the every time we ask about the dk camp well, there was a bit of excitement wasn't there a few weeks ago when he was pictured in training having returned from america a bit of excitement that he was ahead of schedule and pushing for a much earlier return we don't that that doesn't really tally with anything we're heard we've heard or we've been told still looking later in the calendar year which, you know, I mean, even if DK was fit, Johnny, saying uh, in, in, we were living in a world now where DK didn't pick up that injury at Stoke, and right now DK and Thomas Asante were fit and available, I would still want Albin to make yeah. a signing. So, the, you know, with DK out, I mean, there's a strong argument for two, isn't there? There's a strong argument for two because beyond Thomas Asante, as you said, there's, there's nobody, and there's nobody to take the weight off, the load off, the Saturday Tuesday games that Thomas Santos is an all action striker, isn't he? That's his game, and his game's going to be hampered and hindered if he has to keep burning himself out. But this, you know, we, we all know this, and we know Albion are in the market for one. They could be in the market for more than one, but again, we, we have to factor in the financial landscape, don't we? And the restraints, we know that. We know when we get to August. And there's a month left of the window. We don't suddenly expect half a dozen signings. Uh, yeah, I, I think it goes without saying this isn't a summer window where Albin are going to make that many 
additions. I don't think it's necessarily possible or plausible, really. Um, and yes, loan, yeah, you know, we've been told the loan market will be key. But does that mean three, four, five loans are going to come in to take up every loan spot? Not, not necessarily. It might not work with Corban's numbers. Um, might not work with the wage bill numbers. Obviously, you know, loans still command that, don't they? And and there's also the caveat that you know it could be dependent on players going out still, couldn't it? Yes, we're we're late, but obviously exits. You know, some seem a little bit close. Some maybe not so. You know. Button, Chalaba, a two. Obviously, others have been linked this summer, um, but they, they they could help. You know, the likes of a Button or the likes of a Chalaba going could could help in the moving in department. But going back to your point about the strikers, I yeah, I, I mean, what one in and and you know we're happy and that's what needs to happen clearly. And we'd expect it to be alone. I think you would possibly be a little bit surprised if it wasn't. Um, I'd feel good about two coming in. I just don't know if it's a bit too, it feels a bit too much to ask, perhaps. Feels, yeah. um, you get a bit greedy, Toxie. At, at this stage, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm trying to sort of remove, you know, a fan glasses about how they'll be looking at this because, you know, fan, fans are probably screaming at this thinking, we need two strikers. You know, <laughs> every, every club's supporters in the summer, you know, you need a striker in, don't you? Because they're going to put the ball in the net for you. But, but yeah. Um, we're going to mention him later on in the pod, aren't we? You know, Brighton's Jeremy Sarmiento was was rumoured to be at the training ground um, on Monday, I think it was. We caught up with that this morning. Again, I, you know, emphasise and stress rumoured there. He's, he's a talented young player. He's a, he's a, he's a sort of Premier League golden boy, really. Um, you know, South American from Brighton and rumours at this stage. But I would say that's the profile I, I'd imagine and I hope Albion are able to, you know, come by, you know, one of the top academies, one of the better clubs at the moment. Um, Carlos Corbran is a massive, he couldn't be a bigger Brighton fan, by the way. Loves to serve, he loves the style. So that works. Um, and I like Sarmiento, he's a good young player. But, yeah, the profile of him, someone who's tasted it with their club in, in the Prem, showed very good signs. That's where I'm in need to be. And um, there's, pre- there's, there's pressure on the striker signing. There is. Thomas Asante may develop more this season he got seven in the league last season nine in all comps he may go and score 15 you know league or competition goals this season we hope he does be good for him if he can because that's obviously what what needs to come for his game but uh, he may not and he may sort of repeat how we've seen him so far and you know that that might be how he is as a player so there's pressure on this strike signing needs to come in and and not not necessarily hit the ground running but needs to come in and share his weight in goals because Otherwise, we're going to have a low-scoring Albion, aren't we? Um, so yeah, I you know I'd, I'd yeah Fallon, Malcolm. I mean, when we talk about the forward departments, they're just you know clearly they're not ready to be Championship starters yet, are they? Um, if they're on the bench, they wouldn't want. You, they're not what Carlos Corbran would want to be turning to if Albion need a late winner or a late equaliser. It's not it's it's not enough. It's not fair on the youngsters to be relied on in that depart in that regard yet. It's okay for three or four nil up, but again, for their development, loans are best. But again, this is Alvin and this is their current financial situation, isn't it? So, yeah, you, there needs to be a there needs to be a centre forward in before. Uh, to answer your question, before Blackburn, ideally, clearly, but you know it doesn't work like that, does it? And I'm sure Alvin will be pushing for that. I'm, I'm sure of it, but there, there might be made to wait, and there might be way to make wait till later in August, and that's just. Um, Becomes less ideal, I suppose, by the by the day, week, and match, doesn't it? Really, Chalaber and and Button. It looks certain that Chalaber was going to be leaving the club last week for uh, Maccabi Haifa in, in Israel. Um, Lewis, that we, we confirmed when we were at Burton that that move had broken down. Um, it was reported in in media over there that it was due to con- security concerns, um, but that hasn't sort of been confirmed at our end. And then David Button is the the more the pressing one, Sheffield Wednesday and Reading both linked with Button. Um, have we got any updates on that? Do we know if that's anywhere near or is it just a waiting game on that one at the moment? Pun, pun intended with the uh, Button and pressing, by the way. Yeah, yeah un- unintended. <laughs> well, at least I'm paying attention. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are, are as well. Um, yeah, the, as, as I mentioned earlier, I, I wasn't at Burton. Obviously, I was sort of away, not fully paying attention this weekend. And, the Chalaba thing surprised me a little bit. I thought, you know, from 
obviously Mac will be showing showing interest and yeah, from Chalaba perspective, going out there and having talks, it, I don't know, it looks like a bit of a no-brainer, doesn't it? But I guess logistical things with moving overseas and and all that that brings, you know, not necessarily smooth smooth ones to get over the line there, is it? So in terms of what was reported over there, perhaps not the biggest surprise, but a blow for Albion, I think, a blow for all parties, you would say. That would be that would have been, I think we said on the podcast last week, didn't we? That that would have been a, a pretty good breakthrough, I think, in terms of getting, you know, getting a bit of a fee for someone and getting the wages off that obviously since coming in January just hasn't hasn't hit the ground running, hasn't been able to adapt it yet, has he? Um but uh, I think because uh, we've seen an example of the market for Chalaba being that far, you know, away in, in Israel, I think that I'd imagine there are still clubs out there sort of monitoring monitoring that and be ready to ready to take a look at him. And and Button, Johnny, um, yeah, interesting. That sort of emerged from from Salford onwards, didn't it, last Wednesday when he was obviously left out of of the side altogether at Salford. Bear in mind Albin had played 24 hours earlier at Cheltenham as well. And and we were then had it stressed that was a selection issue, you know, just been been left out, wasn't the wasn't involved at all at Cheltenham, didn't start at Salford, wasn't on the bench at Salford, wasn't even there as third keeper like Ted Cam was, was he? Or um, Ted Cam the night before. Um, so, yeah, that spoke volumes, didn't it? As we said on a video post game that, uh, you know, and we, we've since had Reading and Sheffield Wednesday, haven't they? Been been linked with with a move for the experienced shot stopper. And well, I think I think either. I think either without knowing the Sheffield Wednesday and, and Reading goalkeeper departments off the back of my hand. I think again that 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 one in terms of all parties. Button's got twelve months left, hasn't he? And as those friendly shows, he's not in the plans this season. He's not. It appears going to sit on the bench, um, which you know, which is interesting. We you know, we expect it to be Palmer as as number one. Obviously, with, with Josh Griffiths on the bench, clearly earlier in the summer, there's a lot of talk on Josh Griffiths. That seems to have, have gone a bit cold, but I suppose you never know. But I don't, I don't foresee Button being any any part of the plans. And I think, you know, certainly in terms of Albion and, and their financial situation, they'd, they'd be keen to move him on. And interesting, I think positive to to hear that there are clubs out there sort of looking at him and, and you know, willing to take him either to have as their number one or to boost their department, you know, back up or competition or whatever. So, uh, you know, hopefully there is a market out there you know, keen enough to, to take him off Albion's hands, but but then it comes down to Button, doesn't he? You know, another twelve months he may he may see, depending on what other clubs can afford to to dish out to him, which you know we're not privy to. He, he may see this twelve months at Albion as you know a, a decent yeah you know, decent way to to make some decent money before he moves you know perhaps down to League One or he's thirty four and we know keepers is a different department, but yeah it's thirty four, isn't it? He, wonder how many how many seasons he'll be left to play but be up to the keeper won't it by all accounts I'll be in a you know I'll be in a keen to, to move him on and it sounds like clubs are interested so in Albion's interest it's it's to get that one done isn't it really um what I would say is then that leaves perhaps a question mark about another keeper I mean this, there are two and this is working on the proviso that Griffiths doesn't leave is there then an argument that you need another one through the door. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's an argument. I mean, Josh Griffiths is an England youth international, isn't he? So he'll be called up um, at times, but obviously that shouldn't affect Albion. Um, Ted Can as a third choice, fine. Uh, very happy to have a youngster there doing that. You don't need a senior as a third choice who's costing you, you money. Um, but then Ted Can would, would alone be good for his development, possibly. Um so yeah, it's an interesting one in the keeper debate and, and a fluid one depending on what happens with Button. But again, the best move is is him moving on. Yeah, no, it'll be um, we want to want to keep an eye out on. Eye out it seems Reading from, from what I've I've seen. It seems Reading are certainly not not sure about Chef Wednesday, but I think Reading are still in talks. I think trying to trying to make some work on that one. But again, you know, there's there's things to to agree, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, just finally, Koch, before we, we tackle questions, um, you mentioned a few little transfer rumours there. Do you want to elaborate on them? Albion fans would have also seen the links to uh, Jack Colback um, yes. this morning. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, Jack Colback, um, surprised by how actually old he is, he's going to be adding to that, that old players, not the old players club, but Albion signing <laughs> players sort of 
mid approaching their mid thirties, but Colback ex uh, Newcastle Sunderland midfielder, um, been at Forest. He's been linked. Coxie, what do we know about this and your uh, your Brighton man? Yeah, um, yeah. So as I, I mentioned Sarmiento's name earlier, and, and pure sort of rumours on that front about him being around the club. I think yesterday was it Monday? Um, again, something checking and chasing. Uh, I've, as I say, said my bit on him, and that's that's the profile, that's the position. I, I don't think Sarmiento's an out and out centre forward, number nine, but you know, you know, versatile forward that can play in those range of positions. So that's him. Uh, bring you obviously more on that when when we can, when we get it. Um, Jack Colback emerged this morning, didn't it, Johnny? As you said. Um, yeah, I agree. I was surprised when when I saw he was thirty three. Makes us feel a bit old. That um, yeah, I remember him being a burgeoning youngster. But I, I, yeah, the the again, Albion fans will will relate to this. They'll they'll have seen the name. They'll have looked it up. Thirty three, released by Forest, was it? I think I'm right in saying. Um, back end of last season. Let me just have a look, check at that while while we've got it. Yeah, he was. Um, having been there three years since signing from from Newcastle, obviously, so so would have been part of of helping Forest get up. Clearly, uh, then not as not as involved, I don't think, in the top flight last season. I don't, I don't think I don't think not necessarily Colback, but I don't think central midfield is a priority. That's not I'm not sitting on the fence, but that's not saying that I don't necessarily think one will arrive. Um, and if one becomes available, that they can work. Who this is, an improvement on Malumbi and Yukushlu, that uh, make it happen. But that's that's extremely tough when you're working in Ralbin's restraints, isn't it? In this market, so um, call back on a free. Yeah, other clubs were mentioned when there was a Blues and Ipswich. I think I I don't doubt that Albion have you know kept tabs. Probably asked the question, had some talks, but. When we come into free agent market, we spoke about this, and and the better, more attractive ones cost him more in terms of wages. He's called back where Albin should be going. I, I, I would, in in my opinion, say no. Um, however, Carlos Corran, who knows a billion times more than me, would you know might disagree and might think yeah he can fit in there or he can help us with this. Um, I, I have no doubt he'd bring something good to the club and the squad. He, you know, he seems like a good pro, um, someone, you know, the right type of character you'd want around the place that could really help. But if you're factoring in what Albion need more as a priority, talk about a, a winger, obviously sent forward we've worked on. Um, from what I understand, as I mentioned earlier, looking at a more attacking midfield, number 10 role, um, it seems to me there are bigger priorities, really. And when you're looking at what Albion are working with, I don't think they can afford to... To you know, turn to the likes of an experienced player like that who might you know need paying a certain amount. It doesn't strike me as a priority position. So, yeah, a little little bit surprised. I don't I don't think it will be one that will get the baggies sort of pulses racing, would it, Johnny? I, I don't think. But um, yeah, it, I, on the flip side, I can see a world, and maybe it's just because it's Albion of recent years where you know players of a certain age have, have been attracted to the club and worked on the odd occasion not worked on on many occasions again i think callback could bring something but i wouldn't i wouldn't be rushing if i had you know if i had control over things now as obviously ian pierce carlos corbran in, in their positions um do i think they'll be have more pressing issues to, to look at and address yeah and again yeah. it's one you know it's an obviously it's an active one that we're, we're chasing up at the moment as we speak obviously it's only only early on on tuesday as we're nattering away here there you go, Baggies fans are furiously tweeting us, telling us to write something about transfers. There you go. There's a couple of snippets there from Coxie. Keep you, uh, keep, keep you going for a little while. Um, before we just go on to questions, I, 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 me and Coxie mentioned this before we started recording, and I just saw it. I was driving to Burton the other day, and sort of thought about the whole Albion situation and the lack of transfer activity, and you know how it's sort of rare. You know, like Coxie said, no one in the EFL is is an Albion situation. Everyone. I think in the whole English football system, up to non-league, apart from Fulham, have signed someone at the moment. Who, yeah, Fulham, Fulham are heavily linked with Jimenez, aren't they? But yeah. it's just when you step back and look at it, Albion not signing any players, given that Dara's gone and DK's injured, it does look 
you know, it's a little bit of an alarming situation. But when you strip it back and look at Alvin on paper in terms of a side, you know, and what Colbrand has at his disposal, I wouldn't say I'm excited going into this season. But when I when you step back a little bit, I'm not as maybe worried as I am when I just sort of look at the headline of Albion haven't signed anyone. Because I think you take Burton, for example, Salford's a bit more difficult um, and Cheltenham because the second half sides were very, you know, very much players you hadn't heard of, youngsters who just signed deals. But I think if we look at Burton, you know, the, the if that 11 that started at Burton went into a championship game, I think I'd be pretty comfortable. And then that was with, in the second half, introducing the likes of Bartley, Ajayi, uh, I think Townsend came on in the second half, um, Reach, you know, everyone's got their opinions on Reach, and obviously he's picked up an injury now, but Swift came on, uh, Fellows came on, who we've been impressed with. Um, so I think if you look at Albion's squad, I think it's still, at, in its current form, I think it's probably still a top eight, top ten squad. Um, which is, I think, the ballpark of where Albionano after two failed seasons of trying to get promotion. You know, that's not saying we don't need signings, and it's not. I know Albion fans accuse other Albion fans who who sort of talk positively about being happy clappers. I think is the phrase that they they like to use a lot, and it's not that. But I think it's just putting a bit of reality into the situation that yeah, we want signings, and yes, the financial situation, as we know, is not great. But Albion still, Corbrand still got a pretty decent you know, squad. There's not a massive difference between the squad we've got now and the squad that went into last season. And we were very excited about the squad that went into last season. Um, but the, the key difference is that Albert is starting the season with Carlos Corbrand at the helm. They're not starting the season with Steve Bruce at the helm. And if, as we've said towards the end of last season, Carlos Corbrand was given the full season with the squad that he had at his disposal, then I think Albion would have been knocking on the yeah. automatic door. You know, they would certainly been in the playoffs and had a chance of going up. Now, the only difference in personnel, um, arguably, is the fact that Dara O'Shea is no longer at the club. So he's still got the same tools that, that they had at the start of last season. It's just they've maybe got a better builder for it, for, for, for one of yeah. their analogy. Um, I think it's just, you know, without rambling, it's not as bad as we think. Yeah, we need signings. Yes, we need bodies through the door. But Albion's still got a pretty decent squad. If there'd been a fire sale, you know, and a lot of these players had gone, you know, and we were relying on a lot more youngsters than we, we might do, yeah, there would be a, maybe a cause to sort of really panic. Uh, I mean, but, just, you, you, you backed up your point there with the, the, the head coach factor, and that was all I was going to say on it, Johnny. I think, think yeah, the club are hopeful and maybe not reliant, but um, on their best asset, Carlos Corbrand, you know, working as well you know as well as he can and doing what we hope and expect he can do because you know he he did a lot with i say not a lot last season but you know what was showing before he came in was not a lot at all was it and he, he pulled it together and there's hope that you know with all this time he's had and, and and all of that that more can be achieved and yeah we're not you know we're not getting carried away and talking about playoffs yeah you know, i think you're right to specify probably you know, eight top eight top ten um my, yeah, the point I'd add, and I think yeah, those listening would would be wanting to hammer home now, is that yeah, I agree about the, the certainly the team and eleven, perhaps not the wider squad as a whole, but it, as we've discussed and as we know and as everyone knows, it's it's lacking goals, isn't it? And and there's not necessarily going to be a silver bullet, is there? There's not necessarily going to be one answer. This this striker that comes in, you know, you can't have all expectations that it's going to be a a Gale or a 20 goal season striker. Um, he's just got to share the load with Thomas Sante because uh, of Thomas Sante so far, it's a, it's a sort of non-regular goal scoring striker, isn't he? As good as we, we think he is. And we think he's, you know, a very good player. Um, yeah. I agree about the team. It's, it's, it's a good side on paper and it's got good players in several positions. It's got okay backup options, but we did see in the last few months of last season the backup options sort of let Albin down, did we? They didn't come in and they couldn't, they couldn't keep it up. They couldn't replicate what the injured players had bought. So um, again, it would have been a, it would have been a nice summer to improve on the squad as a whole, but it just it hasn't been possible, has it really yet? It, you know, it might be when a couple of loans arrive, it might make the difference. I mean, Moat is an example. So is Kipra. 
that's two decent championship players that have come back for nothing um, that make a difference in terms of depth. But yeah, that's what I'd say. But I, I, I take your point, Johnny, and I think you know many um, sort of like-minded listeners would would agree in that the headlines awful, isn't it? And it's it's the end of July now. Season starts in you know week and a half. Um, Albion, one of two clubs in the '92 yet to sign anyone, could be the final one in a matter of hours. And we use the word reality a lot this summer, haven't we, Johnny? And that's a very harsh reality, isn't it? Yeah. The last, you know, the last club to make a signing in in all of English football. Um, again, we we were told by Mark Miles, weren't we, a, a few weeks back, the MD, that it's not the financial situation. Uh, it is as a whole, obviously, the overall picture, but not signing anyone isn't. Albion could have got a loan in, could have got two loans in, could have got a free transfer in, but but clearly, there's no money to waste at all. Um, and, and one, there's no money to waste, and one, it's like. There's no sign. If to you've wait, got so to like, wait, if you've got to wait to get the one you want, yeah. you know, there's no point padding your squad out with players yeah, yeah. just because they're available. There's no signings for Corbyn to waste. He can't, he can't afford to go out and get any any of them wrong because there's no there's no wiggle room. There's no. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, could change a little bit with one or two, maybe more that go. Um, but that's the situation, isn't it? And uh, the harsh reality is of uh, we're here and and nothing's been done in terms of recruits and. Corbyn at the moment has got to make the best of the situation. I suppose we, as looking at it and analysing it, have to do the same. But look, we still know that come a month's time, we'll be nearing the end of August and the picture will have changed, we hope. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised, pretty shocked if this time next month nobody had arrived. Pretty uh, concerned, really. But uh, your overall point, Johnny Stans, I think, you know, it's a good, there's, there's, there's good players here. And the hope is that these good players under a good head coach for a whole season can still rally and do something. But it's, yeah, no question, it still needs finalising the group, you know? Yeah, no, no question at all. Right. Thank you to our sponsors, Kettle and Toastman, as we said a few weeks ago, back for another season with the Baggies Broadcast and our Express and Star podcasts across the board. Uh, Catlin Toasterman over there in Briley Hill, who's got an absolute super range of products. Um, I had a little bit of a scan on their website last night for the first time in a while. Um, it's looking a bit quite snazzy, the website, and there's a lot of good items on on show. Now, I thought I'd bring you an item today, thinking, you know, summertime item, but it has been lashing it down recently. But it still has been quite hot. So, they, you know, you can get you can get all sorts on there, but you can get some great fans, some humidifiers, and there's a, there's a great deal at the moment. Beldre 4-in-1 air cooler, heater, humidifier, and purifier for just £50. Uh, you can go online to get that, or you can head to Captain Toastman uh, in Briley Hill, which is where me and Coxie are going to be going in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to be paying the kettle and toast a little visit to see, uh, to see how it all goes on down there and to thank him for his... Uh, continued support of the podcast looking forward to that yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be a uh, might try and nab myself for and well i don't need an air fryer but nab myself <laughs> something anyway nab myself something of his uh, his good products down there anyway time for questions before well, that we're going to read out i'm a simple oh. man johnny if we get a brew i'll be happy oh i'll be happy with that one of his kettles several several kettles it's got to be out of a brand new kettle though <laughs> okay um just going to announce the winners of the Baggies Broadcast Fan Chat Show is back next Thursday. We're going to do a bit of a preview ahead of the first game of the season. Um, and I'm delighted to say that I'll be joined by um, Clint McCormick of All Albion Fans. He'll be coming on for us again. He got in touch. Baggies Al got in touch. Would love to come on if possible, Johnny. Baggies Al, you can come on. Certainly can. Um, and don't know the real name of this person, or I'll, but I'll need to find out before the, po- before the episode. The last Blairite. Um, I said he would like to come on. So you three guys will be in touch over the next week and we'll get you on the Baggies Broadcast Fan Chat Show, which returns next week. Right, Coxie, questions, questions, questions. Let's fire through these because I said I've promised we're going to get through them all. So we're going to stay until we get through them all. Um, Jess Ackroyd's got in touch. Uh, do you know any details about the Zaka Ashworth option to buy? Have we agreed a fee already? What if he does well and then is worth more, but we shot ourselves in the foot by pre-agreeing a fee? Sorry, that's three questions in one. Don't worry, Jess, we'll read them all out. Right, Coxie, let's fire through these. Do we know any details of the option to buy? I know the answer to this, but well, having, have, having, this. having been uh, MIA over the weekend, it's again in the compart- uh, department of one to chase, but I was interested by it, Johnny. I have to say... Um, yeah, it, it strikes to me that he's not a youngster that perhaps the head coach or the club think 
is is going to go on to be a, a real first team regular starter. So you know he's already had one good league one loan. If if Corbin thinks he can go there, do well, and be sellable for a certain fee, then I think it probably works for all departments. I would say. Um, Again, certainly in Albion's situation, with having to sell to to raise funds, that Zach Ashworth isn't going to clear much off the wage bill as a young academy graduate. But you know, selling to a, a higher-reaching League One club will help in a situation. Now, we don't want to be speculating on a figure there, um, but I, I'd, I would imagine from from my experience, again, this is something we'll try and firm up definitely. But um, in terms of the option for, to buy, I think. I was going to say I'd, I'd have thought that the fee would have been sort of agreed, but that's that's not necessarily always the case. It can be it can be a fluid sort of gentleman's agreement, or in terms of the contract written in, that there's discussions around a fee agreed depending on how he performs. You know, so that that would be best case scenario, wouldn't it? If if he if he has a good season, impresses, bottom want to buy him, and then negotiations can happen. It could be the other world, as as Jess says, where um, a figure is agreed already and Look, that's just one of those situations, isn't it? That's one of those. It it could be that it could work in Albion's favour. It could work slightly against them. But I think in the case of Ashworth, it's it's not going to be. You know, we're not expecting multi millions, are we? Let's you, you know, yeah, a young player, yes, I know, but not one of much senior Albion experience, if any. Um, but yeah, whatever the fee, you know, whether it would be a high six figure fee, whether it would break into a seven figure fee, it's to be seen. But Albion aren't in a situation are they at the moment where they can they can hold back from that kind of things if it becomes possible. And again, Ashworth may not be, as I say, one of those youngsters that Carlos Corbran really thinks he sees part of the furniture for for his time ahead. So, thanks for your question, Jess. Uh, all Albion fans, where do you stand on Griffiths' future and value and evaluation? It's going to be tough to keep him happy, but I'm sure I see some valuations that seem very high for a second George goalkeeper at a mid-table club. The potential, but does being in young and English bump up the fee that much? Well, it certainly bumps up fees. I know that. Um, Coxie, yeah. give us a valuation on Griffiths. Oh, in, in the context of where Albion are right now. Yeah, I just want. I would just want to figure off you. That's all I want. Okay. Um, but you have put me right on the spot there, haven't you? I have indeed. Uh, I was uh, six million in the region of five to seven. I'd say, I, yeah, I'd say it's probably about right. I've seen 15 banded about, which, you know, in the current market, you wouldn't be surprised if if, if clubs paid that. You know, you look, look at... Compared but, to James Trafford. Yeah, it's exactly the name I was going to say. James Trafford, who starred in the under-21s championship. Um, obviously, Griffiths was there, but didn't play. You know, Trafford's just gone to um, Burnley for, what is it, 19 million? 19, yeah. But, um, but without playing... Without, Caveat that without playing a game in the second division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say second division. I sound like I'm about 30, 40, but <laughs> well, I am nearly 30. Um, yeah. you Look, know, you, in you, the championship. You know, we say five, six, seven million there, and people might may scoff at it. And and uh, you know, Albion may turn around and say, look, we we got a good fee for Daro Shea, and as Albion, you know, as as it was stressed, they they don't need to sell under now or be taken to the cleaners or you know, taking the 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 pee out of, out of really that that they can command. What they think, you know, is, is right for Griffiths, and and I think he's worth just just for the record, because of the England youth setup, because of the you know playing more than 100 games, playing you know a dozen games for Albion. I think he's worth more than that. I think, you know, in the market, the Trafford thing, you know, the Trafford thing's blown up by Man City, obviously, and then, um, but I think he's probably I think he's probably worth 10 million. Um, you know, I do, uh, but do I think Albion will be able to get that? Maybe look then. We're told they're in a situation where they'd be able to dig their heels in now and command what they'd what they'd they feel is right. So perhaps they would be able to get something closer to that. Would the interest be firmed up? But I, it would be nice, wouldn't it, if they didn't have to lose him for yeah. something like a five or a six million because that that feels under in today's market to me. But I, I do, I do think that's possibly the reality. Yeah. No. Thanks for your question, uh, Leo Watkins. Leo Watkins are going to read this out, but we have actually already answered it with TGH looking to have a good preseason. Do we see him being part of? CC's plans, which Coxie has already extensively answered. Um, Neil Nichols, um, interested to see. Um, Neil's got three flags in his uh, in his Twitter bio. He's got a England flag, a Wales flag, and I think Ukrainian flag. Um, 
be interesting to hear a bit more about them. Um, is there a lack of transfer activity at West Brom due to Carlos Corbrand running the rule over the academy players? First year in our pre-season fixtures? Uh, probably not, Neil. Probably say it's more down to money than anything. Um, is that fair to say, Coxie? Yeah, if yeah. If they yeah. have more money, they'd be probably be more in the door. Obviously, or a player in the door. I think, I think from the brief uh, scroll of my Twitter feed this morning, I think that was you know, sort of answered by people who, who replied to Neil, wasn't it? But yeah, look, if it wasn't for the financial landscape, I don't think for a second I'm going to be at July 25th about signing anyone. Um, or Carlos Corbran would because yeah this is I think if if all was right in the world in terms of Albin I think it's a squad he would relish to not overhaul that's that's wrong um, but upgrade refresh quite significantly when you look at the squad overall overall so um, yeah I think it's it's down to the down to the restraints um, the constraints and yeah the difficult sort of uh, bigger picture I suppose. Yeah. Alan Love, will it be another season of fixture changes? Because we've already had changes and the season hasn't even started. Bring back Saturdays <laughs> at 3pm. Bring back Saturdays at 3pm indeed, Alan Love. I'm in your corner. Um, <laughs> hopefully not as much. Albion, as we said now, are probably closer to being banded a mid-table championship club. So fingers crossed. Obviously, we can never predict Sky. But um, but I do I do fear, Johnny, that the, you know, the so-called ones that will be looked at as bigger hitters this season, you know, the, the relegated Prem line. Yeah. And it all depends on how Albion do, I think, as well, but, Alan. I think you've got to look at it. I think if Albion just meander to a mid-table finish, then their fixtures are less attractive to TV. I think if, yeah, Albion, I if think, Albion had knocking on the door of the top two, you know, yeah. which would be brilliant, um, I think there's more chance that they'll be on Sky. So well, I do I do board. think, though, Johnny, um, when Albion play those like relegated champ, as we've seen with the Leeds game already, up there, I think it'll still be attractive enough because it's Albion against these sides that, you know, I suppose in terms of figures, people that watch this, that Sky will still stick it up, sadly. Um, I do fear that. I don't know that, but, you know, that that's just how, it, how it's gone, hasn't it? And, and as it seems, more and more bigger clubs are arriving in this division. Um, I still fear that Albion will find themselves on the, on the Sunday slot, on the Friday night slot, on the Monday night slot, whatever it is. Um, so be prepared is what, what I would say, but we hope for the best, don't we, I suppose? Um, but again, I think that early Leeds fixture is is an example that, that may continue. But Johnny's right, it it, it will clearly com- you know, be decided by how, how well Albin are doing as well. And, and if Albin are knocking on the door of the, the automatics, Johnny, I dare say uh, there'll be some interesting glances towards their head coach as well. So <laughs> it's a, a bit of a double-edged sword there. Yeah, Simon, uh, Beefy Baggy 1965, what a name that is. Uh, Livermore, Rogic, Albrighton, Grant, O'Shea, Brian Button, all left from last season, all off the wage bill. Surely now we must bring in a striker, is a necessity. Sorry, we must bring a couple in. A striker is a necessity. At least there is a sign. At least, is there any sign of any anywhere of anything happening in uh-huh. time wise? Um, we've talked about that, but. The the first part of, of of Simon's statement or question makes for interesting reading. A lot of players have gone. You know, Livermore were going to be on big money. You know, as we understand it, Cardiff are playing the majority of Grant's wages. O'Shea, I'm sure O'Shea wasn't down the down the list in terms of earners at Albion. Not sure about Brian Button. You know, all I, like I imagine Leicester probably would have would have pulled in a, a few. Players. Yeah, all Brighton. You know, Leicester would have paid the majority of his fee. But it's it's right. Albion have already made some pretty good savings on it. The wage bill front, you would say, Coxie? Well, they had, yeah, they, they had to, though, Johnny, as, as we know, yeah. and you know, still have to. Um, yeah, the, the, the book balancing continues. Um, and, and and that's that's partly why they're still working to get some of these players out that aren't, aren't in the plans. Look, they're not in the plans, so it'll be a waste of a squad place, as you were. But but trying to get trying to get the numbers down, trying to get that, that wage bill further down to to allow the head coach to operate more. I take Simon's point. It, it was Simon, wasn't it, who, who messaged in? Yeah, I take yeah. Simon's point about so beefy many... Beefy Baggy, 1965. Sorry, I take Beefy's point. Um, so many have, have, <laughs> have, have gone. There should be room to get some in. And, and by all accounts, that's what we've been told could could happen. But then it goes down to the head coach, doesn't it? And, and obviously, Ian Pearce, in his role, uh, like we touched on five, ten minutes ago, Johnny... There isn't the space to 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 the the wriggle room to get this wrong as of this summer. So, you know, clearly, it's about it's about making the ones that do happen. The few that do happen, it's about getting them right. 
there's more emphasis on getting these right this summer than, dare I say, the number of summers going back for the club. And yeah. and then that just comes, you know, and, and that's common sense with the payments, isn't it? The the, the you know period previously being the obviously the boost and the advantage of, of parachute payments that no longer exist. That'll be um, it'll certainly be interesting to uh, interesting to keep an eye on with that one. But it's a very good point, um, Simon. A great name, Beefy Baggy. Love that. Highlight the pod today. That is um, the next one. Now, me and Cox have been talking about this question. Spyro Mars Marsetic, I do apologise if that's wrong, at Bearwood Bloke. Um, so he's asked a lot of questions in a bit of a thread here as uh, as Bearwood Bloke. And me and Coxie have kind of had to, well, Coxie was on eBay looking for a crystal ball before the podcast started for some of these questions. Um, so he's asked, who's going to buy the club? We don't know. Um, it'd be wonderful to know that. It'd be wonderful to know. Uh, it, it, it would be... Um... Yeah, we did. Caveat that: Are there any interested parties? Which will say, you know, this point was made at the time of the interest from, you know, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, we heard a few about a month ago about was it Chris Farnell, um, yes, the right, yeah. Egyptian, an Egyptian businessman as well who were involved with um, a failed takeover of Charlton. It was all, almost hard to believe or read anything into that. I'm sure there had been talks, but if there was anything credible, then it would be sort of. I don't think we'd hear about it. It'd be covered by non-disclosure agreements, um, et cetera, et cetera. So if there are any interested parties, you know, I'm sure we had a story the other day come from the Albion Assembly minutes that Mark Miles has said there had been interest in Albion. So there is interest. Yeah. But, and, and, and but the details surrounding that interest, for example, a few years ago when Lye was looking to sell when we were in the, maybe I think we're in the Premier League, yeah. there was a bit of interest from America. Yeah, it was credible. It was interest from America. But we didn't know who it was. Um so that's probably covered those bases. You know, these are these are very valid questions for fans to answer. But I think what they've got to understand Absolutely. is the answer is difficult, and the answer is not always there, no matter how much we ask the question. Um, he's also asked, will any sale of the club delay the signing of players, and will it mean we'll have a rush on for the thirty first of August? I think that's maybe irrelevant because if Albion were going to be taken over by the thirty first of August, I think we probably we would know a few more details of it now, um, where an interested parties would be from, i.e., like we said. US investors, etc. Yeah, and look, um, these things. If Albion are... get taken over by then, I will come on here and apologise, but I, I don't see it being very imminent. This to is be it. These things can and are often kept on, under wraps for, for obvious reasons, as you touched on, Johnny. And so, look, that, that crystal ball doesn't exist. You know, they're, they're kept under wraps and, and can emerge swiftly if that's the case. You, you would think unlikely, as Johnny said there. Um, and when you talk about it impacting this summer in terms of the market before the 31st, again, that, that would surprise me. Um, that, that would surprise me. I, I, I think of course the financial situations affecting the, the summer, you, you know, Spyro said that before August the 31st, and then do we see a rush then? I, I, I don't think that's the case. I think there will be an August rush as things open up, as loans open up as sort of domino effects kick in. Um, but I don't expect a, necessarily an August the 31st rush off the back of a, you know, a, 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 as I say, a takeover. So, yeah, I it'd be it'd be wonderful to, to know and have that news to bring, Spyro. We, we'd definitely be bringing that to the, uh, the Express and Star newspaper and website if it existed and hopefully when it exists. But, but yeah, um, look, we, we uh, I totally, and I know I speak for Johnny as well, appreciate that that's, that's the overarching story and factor here. The the ownership, you know, the controlling shareholder and being up for sale. That's that um, covers everything, doesn't it? Cover it. It's it's more important than the football. It's more relevant and topical. We we get all of that. And you know, how many minutes and hours have we we spent sort of covering it and talking about it, Johnny? We I appreciate all of that, no doubt. And 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 the it's all linked clearly, you know, the, the lack of transfers, the lack of being able to talk about new signings, new faces in the door is because of that. Um, but we just, sometimes we just have to talk about and, and speculate and mm. address and analyse what we can, I guess, and what, what's more out there. And like, in the last week, we've finally been able to see the team play, which we haven't since early May, have we? So that's sort of been refreshing to, to look at that. And, you know, hopefully next time we speak to uh, probably not Carlos Corbran, but have another, uh, Sort of address with Mark Miles, um, 
or when there's, there's there's another update to bring obviously we'll have the opportunity to have a lot of chatter on that and and uh, look forward to doing that but yeah we from what we hear and and as johnny pointed out about the assembly minutes there um interest in the club and uh, from what we've said before johnny we, we expect and understand that to be the case because i think it's in a i was going to go as far as saying attractive proposition there i think i think it's something that the right people could could get right and i think it works for parties now doesn't it as as we as, as we brought that news from from gooch and like looking for the looking for for someone to take it on now so um yeah hopefully it's not it's not too far down the line in terms of a positive update in that that's that's the hope and dream isn't it it's not always that clear and easy and it could be further down the line but it's it's one to be revisited as and when i suppose richard williams with a little bit of a statement what is a signing not a concept i'm familiar with no idea. I, no idea. No, 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 no idea. Either. Don't come to us for them with those sorts of questions. Those sorts of difficult questions. Uh, Richard Downing, do you think there'll be a time when Carlos gets frustrated with a lack of signings? I think that's probably a question for the end of the window, Richard. Um, if we did get to a situation where Carlos was maybe without new faces, I'm sure that had become pretty clear. I think um, he knows the, the situation. I think but he knows aware, it. Yeah, he's aware of it. And, and I think if... if I'm sure was, he's been made. He's, he's had... Um, the word I'm looking for. Sort of had clarification that he will probably get yeah. signings at some stage, but it just might just be a little bit later on. But he could have had some through the door. You know, again, it's got to be the right ones that I've been, uh, as far as I believe, have been in for, you know, clearly have been in for players, but the are rivals offering a lot more clouds at the moment, aren't there, unfortunately? Yeah. No, thanks for your question, Richard. We'll, we'll sort of yeah get back in touch with that one if there's no signings by uh, by the end of the window. Um, Stuart Smith, why did Chalabas proposed move fall through? We've answered that one or said you know the reasons that have been spoken about. Um, Doctor Strange, do you think that maybe it would not it would be good not to make any new signings, but instead rely on Carlos is Carlos really coaching these those that we already have? I'm coming around to the idea in our cash strapped state. Um, I think Carlos would like. You know, he's coaching these players how he wants to, but I'm sure he would like some new signings. I think Albion just need a couple. Even you know, if I think if we got to the end of the window and Albion signed two, I think I'd I personally I'd be relatively happy. Um I know two in a summer window is not a massive amount, but um It's another yeah. one of those harsh realities, isn't it? I think Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Um we're just gonna wrap a few of these questions up now as we're sort of approaching time. Um Tonky Towers has got in touch, Tonky. Um who's your choice and who do you think will be captain for the for the season, Coxie. Oh, um, you've already told me this, so this shouldn't take. Yeah, long. not necessarily my choice, but I, I'd imagine I think it will be Connor Townsend. Um, who do you think, Johnny? I'd give it Malumbi, personally. That's an interesting shout. Yeah, I can I can see that. Always um, prefer centre mid captain. Yeah, I I wouldn't be too surprised by that. I think he's a a good candidate. I think I think Jed Wallace is a fair candidate. I do. Um. Though, yeah, you know, we've already had the chance to interview Townsend this this summer, and he he does carry that sort of air of responsibility about him now in terms of a long-serving player. And I know not all would agree with that, but yeah, we we saw him take it on the back end of last season. There was obviously a reason reason to that. Whether Corbram saw enough, we'll wait and see. He was sort of reluctant to comment when we asked him at St George's Park. So yeah, but I. I think the most likely thing is it stays with the Townsend shout, but I wouldn't be not against a, a Wallace or a Malumbi at all. Yeah. No. Wait, so that would cheers for your question, Tonkey. Uh, Elliot Hughes on the night signings as well. Signings, question mark? Well, that would be the sh- world's shortest podcast section. Yeah, we're going to, when now we start signing players, Elliot, it's going to be a three hour long podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Just uh, just you wait for that one. Uh, Dave Neal's got in touch with a question that we've, we've, um, Already kind of answered. Are, are we going to start the season with just one fit season striker? Hopefully not. Um, and imagine that'd be a target, a target area. Um, Baggage fans, thanks for your questions. I think that's covered basically everything. Um, the questions we haven't read out are, are ones that um, we've already answered earlier in the pod. Coxie, you're going to be at Forest Green on Friday. I'm not going to be with you, so enjoy your vegan pie. Um, yes, I shall. What, what's in a vegan pie, Johnny? Potatoes? I don't know. I do eat a bit of vegan food. I've got my sister-in-law's vegan, and we, we and we do we do sample a bit of vegan food here. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
Maybe I'll jump chickpeas in there, a bit of cauliflower, yeah, something like that. Might have, have to make up for it on the services on the way home, Johnny. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go walking into um, the grind with a Burger King or anything. Yeah, I guess. I think the. I think the. I think the eccentric forest you know, the Dale Vince might just turn you away if you walked in with a with a double whopper or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a rare, rare new ground for me, so I'm quite looking forward to that. And then we'll be up in Bolton together, won't we? Less than yeah. Well. We will do. Cox, just final question, Cox. In terms of selections, I suppose that's what fans will look at. These are back-to-back -back games, although Bolton is the last friendly. Um, do you think it'll be similar to the Salford-Burton selections, or are we expecting quite a weakened side at Forest Green and then Bolton to see the side that will probably start uh, at Blackburn? I'll be leaning towards the latter there, Johnny. I think you know, Bolton are a stronger outfit, clearly. Uh, will be a tougher test, and I think you'd want you'd want your better squad side players to be contesting that. It's the final friendly, so you'd want the side closest to the, the Blackburn side to be playing there. So I, I'd, I'd give merit to that. Though, although I do, I do, and I would say that I think, you know, we'll still see senior players start and be involved against Forest Green, though perhaps more the, the squad senior players that will be more, you know, on the bench making up the squad for that for that championship curtain raiser so yeah i think you're right there johnny and um, i'm looking forward to that i think i think we'll get carlos corbran speaking after that bolton game i, I believe uh, maybe even before then we'll see but um yeah so hopefully much to 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 find out and uncover between now and those those double headers friday and saturday looking forward to it yeah looking forward to it indeed enjoy your trip then far screen albion fans will see you at bolton it'll be the first fan post-match video um of the season so uh look to uh Love to catch up with a few of you at Bolton. Um, and like I said to Coxie, look forward to your, your vegan pies on Friday night. So as other clubs sign players, Albion remain quiet, slash patient, slash frustrated, call it what you will. Um, hopefully more will, well, hopefully signing to start to appear. Hopefully Albion, I'm sure they will be, be ready for the new campaign. The pre-season friendlies are set to end this weekend. Uh, and the season will soon be upon us. Are you excited? We certainly are here at the Baggies Broadcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, for me and Coxie, you know what to do. Boing, boing. Boing, boing.